And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. So the full-time whistle blows here at the Albite Stadium and with it goes England's World Cup dreams. They are out of the World Cup. France the winners by two goals to one and the England players drop to their knees. They're bent double in disappointment. Harry Kane clearly is the most distraught man on the pitch. England are so used to penalty heartache at World Cups, but it normally comes in the shootout. This came within the game, and Harry Kane had the opportunity to draw England level. But so unlike England's talisman, the man who'd earlier on in the game been so dead-eyed, had taken his time with that second opportunity, he skied it, and England's biggest opportunity disappeared. But what happens now? The inquest will begin. Is this the end of the road for Gareth Southgate? Has he shown enough in this tournament to allow him more time to lead this England side? So many questions and that long wait for World Cup glory goes on. It'll be 60 years by the time England get to the next World Cup in 2026. France, meanwhile, wow, they've done it again. All their big players missing, but they just had enough quality in the end. And they are still on course to win back-to-back -back World Cups for the first time in their history. Morocco, the surprise package of this tournament, await for them in the semi-finals. England, though, they pack their bags, they will head home, and it's the despair of Harry Kane that will be the image of this World Cup exit. So cruel, so unfair on a man who has scored so many goals for England. Level now with Wayne Rooney in terms of the all-time goal-scoring stakes. But that miss, so devastating for the England captain. And it's the France players who rush to their fans. Allez le bleu is the crowd's chant. Meanwhile, at the other end, England's fans, they applaud the players, but they never really caught light this evening. I'm Adam Leventhal, and this is The Athletic Football Podcast. So in this episode, brought to you direct from the Albite Stadium here in Qatar, we will pull apart England's exit from the World Cup. We'll be bringing you reaction from the England camp, from Gareth Southgate, and also our team of reporters here in the press box, in the mix zone, wherever we find them, we will speak to them and bring you all the reaction 
right here on the Athletic Football Podcast. The likes of David Ornstein, Jack Pitbrook, Charlotte Harper as well, who's been covering France for us at this tournament. Abby Patterson is here as well. But we're going to start this roundup by just simply me taking a step to my left-hand side in the press box as we watch England's players just distraught on the football pitch. They believed that they could go all the way. They thought that they could get over the line against the top opposition in France. Oliver Kay is alongside me. So agonising, wasn't it? I know the atmosphere wasn't brilliant at times, but you just feel that angst now. It's, it's happened again. The despair has returned. Yeah, it's happened again. It's um, quarterfinals this time, and we, England have had semi-finals at the 2018 World Cup final at, um, at the Euros last year. This time it's the quarterfinals, and that might make people think this team has gone backwards. I don't think it has. I think it actually looks like a better team far better team than when they reached the, the semi-finals of the World Cup but they've run into a better team a better you know a France team who I think well will be will be strong favourites to win the tournament now as they did four years ago and I don't I really don't think there was much between the teams this evening I think it was a, a, a good game not a sensational game but a good game between two well-matched sides very little to choose between them in terms of the quality of chances, the quality of attacks, the number of attacks, it's, it, it felt very even. In England, you, you know, you get two penalties. You should probably have had another penalty in the first half. And you think, well, you should probably have scored those three goals. And only one of the two penalties, well, only two of them were given and only one of them went in. And I think that's ultimately why England are out. At the end of the game, we saw Gareth Southgate, who knows all about penalty heartache, embrace Harry Kane. We can't imagine how he is feeling right now, can we? It's it's going to be a very difficult thing for him to emotionally and mentally unpack, but one hopes that the criticism isn't too harsh. It will be sympathy rather than a, a vilification of Harry Kane. Yeah, I think I think it's um I think there's been a change over the last 20 years. I think people have grown up a bit and are not really inclined to vilify. I mean, you get idiots on social media who will, who will laugh and taunt and you know I, I hope Harry Kane doesn't go on his Twitter or his Instagram and uh, for another for another few days or doesn't look at his replies because I'm sure he'll have plenty of idiots trying to laugh at him but I think you know in terms of we the media I, I think yeah. we the media were were sympathetic to Rashford and Sancho and Saka last year I think majority of fans were as well I think it'd be the same with Harry Kane but you just you know, you wouldn't want anyone else in that situation yeah. to be taking a penalty, such a high-pressure penalty. You wouldn't want anybody else. He's always scored those penalties. I just wonder whether, you know, being up against Hugo Lloris, he beat him once, his teammate, but then he probably thinks, I've got to do something different to outside him for, with his second penalty. And I, I don't know, I don't know whether it maybe got into his head, but he hit a very un-Harry Kane-like penalty. I mean, he quite often goes high, but this was, it was way too high and he, he, it just, the heart sank watching from up here in the press box. And I thought from that moment, you know, there was still six minutes to go plus whatever it was at stoppage time. But it just felt like the belief finally disappeared from England at that point. One final point to you now, and we may catch up later. We'll obviously speak to our other writers who are just currently 
heading down into the, the bowels of the stadium to head to the mix zone, to head to the press conference and, and things like that. But on the positives, you said earlier on that this is an England side that you believe is still heading in the right directions. We saw a, a wonderful performance from Bakayo Saka. We saw Jude Bellingham grow in stature in this, in this tournament. Phil Foden obviously playing a part. Marcus Rashford doing the same. You know, in, in games, wonderful goals. There is reasons to be cheerful still, however difficult it might be for England fans to digest. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been covering England uh, England at tournaments for, for many, many years. I remember being at the 2006 World Cup and it was, you know, it felt then that, you know, you know this team would have more chances. Uh, and they didn't really, in terms of really competing at tournaments. They, they didn't even qualify for the next one. But that team was that team was a lot older. That team had grown, grown a lot older together. And I think if you look at this particular team, I mean, we've seen Bakayo Saka play really well at this tournament. He's only 21, Foden's 22, Bellingham's 19. Yes, people like Kyle Walker and Henderson are at the other end of their careers, but it does feel like you know the majority of this team will still be here at the Euros in 2024 in Germany. I think I think they'll they'll be good contenders in that, in that competition. I think it's always easier to win a challenge for a Euros rather than a World Cup. But I tell you, you know these chances don't come along all that often, and England have been at the business end of tournaments three years or three tournaments running having not been for years before that and it's it's just frustrating and galling really that they've they've got so close and you know I wouldn't reproach them I wouldn't I wouldn't criticise them really because I don't, I don't think they did much wrong tonight or in you know the Euros last year but it's just frustrating it's so near yet so far it's Kane it's blasted over the bar So that was Ollie Kay's reaction, literally still here in the press box, just packing up his bag, ready to go down to the press conference. Jack Pitbrook is going to be heading there soon as well. Just your initial feeling before you head into the engagement with, with players and, and the manager, what are your emotions right now and how do you think that this is going to be sort of pulled apart? It's difficult to know how it's going to be pulled apart, but my main emotion is I thought England played really well. Yeah. You know, it, coming into this game, we said it was a 50-50 game, and it really was a 50-50 game on the pitch. I thought yeah. the two teams were incredibly evenly matched. What decided the, the game really were decisions, finishing, a bit of luck, the kind of the very, very little details and fine margins and things you can't control, which decide matches this size. You know, England, I think, should have had at least three penalties. They only got two. They only scored one. If those numbers had gone slightly differently, then I think you know we might be having a different conversation now. So, it, I mean, it'd be very painful. And that's, uh, frankly, I thought some of the players looked utterly broken at the end. Not especially Harry Kane, but not only Kane. And yeah, I think you know, I don't think England have got too much to be embarrassed or ashamed about. There are still some England fans just sat still in their seats, just still coming to terms with with the defeat and the exit. Just one word from you before you head down to this press conference about Harry Kane not only do you cover England but you also cover Tottenham very closely how do you think he will be feeling right now I mean it almost sounds like a churlish a churlish question in itself maybe I'm going to ask it again your your emotions towards towards him knowing how much how hurt he will be I think he will be incredibly hurt like it's impossible not to feel a huge amount of sympathy with him he looked really broken at the end to be honest he had 
you know, the England players were going to go and spend a lot of time with him. Southgate gave him a big hug and talked to him for what what seemed like quite a while. I, you know, this, that would have been the goal that set up extra time, or rather, that made it two all. It would have been the goal that made him England's leading goal scorer. It would have, it could have been a signature moment in his career. Now, the fit, you know, for some people, this might even hold this as a signature moment in a negative way for Kane's career. You know, the man who missed the penalty that could have helped England towards a semi-final with Morocco. That's a horrible thing to say because, you know, Kane has been an unbelievably good player at this World Cup. He's been, at, throughout his England career, I think he's been, had a pretty good World Cup. I thought he was very good this evening. But he had the beating of Upamecano. But I, um, you know, I just, I, I feel really bad for him on a personal level because that is going to hurt. Jack, thank you very much indeed. I'll let you um, pack up your laptop and head down for the press conference, which will be taking place uh, down, deep down, below me here at the Albite Stadium. Uh, it's a long way down to, to pitch level. The, the stands are now pretty much cleared of, of England fans. There are still a few who've remained just to uh, let the, the fans disperse. All the, uh, the media are heading down to the uh, press conferences and there's almost some knowing nods and some knowing winks from, from our colleagues from, from different publications. One I see just there takes a big deep breath as we head now down from the the press box into the um, internal area of the stadium and then we'll head down the stairs down to here from the mix zone and from the press conference where Gareth Southgate will be giving his reaction very shortly. We're here to try to win the tournament and we had belief we could and I think we showed with the performance tonight against the reigning champions that we've got a team that um, could have done that. Uh, I think after every tournament we've sat and, and reviewed and reflected and that's, you know, that needs a little bit of time to make sure that everybody makes the right decisions. So while all of that is going on inside, I just quickly popped out to where the, uh, the hospitality entrance is. Um, the, the big flame which is above the Albite Stadium just outside is, is still burning bright. England's obviously flame has gone out because they are out of the, the World Cup. A couple of England fans here. Your name, sir? I'm Tim from uh, Mansfield. Tim, your, your reaction, your feeling after that? More penalty heartbreak, but not in a shootout in the middle of the game. Yeah, well, I think um, today, I think on, on, in general, the performance was very good by England. I think we did well. Um, I think, in fairness, we were the better team as well. Harry Kane unlucky with a penalty. We hit the post. Uh, from what I've been told from back at home from the lads, the, the, the incident in the first half was a penalty. And I thought also um, there was a foul on Saka for the build-up to their goal as well. So, in all in all, I think we've been robbed, really. But, in essence, I feel sorry for Harry Kane, really, because like, it's maybe his, his last World Cup. Um, I think Gareth Southgate, a lot of criticism to him in the past for negativeness tonight. I think he can hold his head up high. I think the England team can hold their head up high. And they've done us a good job, proud job tonight. Brilliant. And your name, sir? Charlotte. How are you feeling? Uh, well, it's my first World Cup, so I'm a bit gutted. Um, but I think the fact that they've actually played well today and, you know, they've put a shift in, it softens the blow a little bit because you've, they've put a bit of heart into the performance.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. So from outside the stadium, I've actually come back inside the stadium to where the seats are and there are uh, people now with green polythene bags just clearing up the rubbish that has been left by the fans. Um, meanwhile, the, the players of the England squad are meeting family members who've stayed behind just to exchange their sympathies after that exit and yeah there is a lot of commiserating going on from the England families and hugs kisses best wishes and ultimately now they will be heading home together and just as I re-enter back into the sort of bowels of the stadium I bump into an England fan who is pretty much the only England fan still left here. James, I, what, what are you doing here still? Why are you not going home? I'm just too gutted. This was our big chance. Um, you know, chances don't come along like this very often and I just can't quite believe that we, well, we, we gave it our best shot. I thought it was our best performance at a tournament against a big team for a long time, but it just didn't happen. And um, on to Germany 2024, I guess. 
you seem dejected, but also there's there's a sort of a, a glimmer of pride in this England side, and, and I guess that also includes Gareth Southgate, the manager. Yeah, Southgate has restored the pride in the in the jersey. I think we I think we've done everything right in this tournament. Really, just on those big moments against the big teams. You know, if, if that penalty goes in, we're sitting there watching extra time, and I think England have as, as good a chance as France is winning. And, and if we win today, we're favourites for the World Cup. That, that's the fine margin, unfortunately, at this level. And you are going to go home now, right? <laughs> uh, yes, unfortunately. Um, back to reality. You know, whenever I prepare, I prepare for if I get one penalty in the game, two penalties. So uh, I can't fault my preparation or the detail uh, in the lead-up. You know, I felt as confident on the first as I did on the second. Um, it purely comes down to execution. So, you know, I'll take that on the chin. And uh, of course it hurts now and it hurt for probably a long time. But, you know, as part of, as part of being... Uh, captain and a leader in the team you have to take responsibility and you know I'll take that for for today so that is Harry Kane speaking very honestly about that penalty miss and obviously he'll have to dig deep to to get over this this blow I've been joined by Jack Pitbrook and Oliver Kay you know we caught up in the in the press box earlier on you've now had a little bit more time to digest it you've also just heard from Gareth Southgate as we wait just by the, the England coach as the England players just start to board the coach and start to prepare their minds about heading home. How did Gareth Southgate come across in that press conference? I thought he's, he sounded really down. He said the right things, as he always does, but he sounded really hurt. He said they've come here to win the World Cup. They've obviously failed to do that. He was very proud of his players, but I think uh, he said that he has, he has no regrets about how they prepared the team. And you can you can see that because of how well they played but I think it's a tough one for him to take given how well England played that they came up short in a game this big so he's quite philosophical about his future isn't he I guess we just have to wait and see and he he deserves that time to to make the decision that he wants to make yeah he he was saying that um, he wouldn't want to make a decision in the immediate aftermath he said um, he knows he would be too emotional in terms of making that decision, so he'd like the time to go away and reflect. And funnily enough, Jack and I were walking away from the press conference and um, discussing what how we'd interpreted. And I, I sort of got the impression that, you know, he might go away and think, yes, I will give it one more go. And Jack was sort of less less sure. I mean, I guess we just don't really know what's going on inside his head. He was clearly really hurting. He's clearly also really proud and very positive about everything they've done and I I would I would kind of expect him to go away and think do you know what we're really not far away it's only 18 months till the next tournament I feel like I've bought you know brought some of the positivity back that had gone over the summer with the Nations League results and so on and I, I would be inclined to predict if I was going to predict I'd be inclined to predict that he will just come back for one more or ask, ask the FA if he can come back for one more tournament and um I'm sure the FA would be very grateful if he did that. I guess that the, the time scale does make a difference. It is only 18 months until the next tournament. It's not a full sort of two-year cycle. Jack, final point from you. The narrative really coming into this game was, yes, they've got results against teams that they should have beaten. Do you think it will maybe come down to the decision-making from the, the FA hierarchy, maybe in the own, his own mind from Gareth Southgate that... Yeah, we, we weren't up to it when we came up against elite 
opponents. But they were up to it. They, they were the better team over the 90 They didn't minutes. get over the line. Yeah, but that doesn't mean they weren't up to it. Like, there's lots of factors that can... The fact is, international football is really random. There's lots of luck goes into who wins in these games. People have always said about Southgate's England, though, when they come up against a good team, they're not good enough in midfield, they can't control the game. They say, you know, Croatia 2018, Netherlands 2019, Italy 2021. This game wasn't like that. People might say it was, but it wasn't. Like, England, yeah. were much, England controlled the game in the second half. They didn't get dominated in midfield. They, they were really good on the ball. They created chances. Nah, and unfortunately, they didn't manage to get over the line. Maybe if there is an issue in this team, it's not so much like how do they fare against big opposition. It's do they just have that kind of nasty winning mentality, perhaps. That's something that somebody suggested to me this evening, the difference between this England team and, say, the Argentina team, who we saw the other day. But I, I thought performance-wise, England were great. And they, were, they did things that people thought Southgate's England couldn't do. And that is a reason for Southgate to stay. Don't forget, you can read the reaction to this defeat for England, the exit and what comes next. The words from Jack Pitbrook and Oliver Kay on The Athletic. That's England done and dusted. How about France? Let's find out. So it's me, Abby Patterson, here in the mix zone and I've come across David Ornstein. David, can you be my body language and language language expert for me? What has been the mood amongst the English players coming through? It's been somber Harry Kane was magnanimous and fair play to him for fronting up uh, but and and trying to stay upbeat as well he really attempted to say the right things uh, exude the positives and vowed to go again but I was watching him speak and I saw a lot of stress on his face and the way he talked just belied the fact that he was broken inside he looked crestfallen on the pitch and there was a vagueness a kind of numbness to him as he came through here and and spoke for a few minutes Harry Maguire spoke really nicely and so you'll be able to read that on The Athletic but he felt like not on the verge of tears, but like deeply emotional. This is somebody who uh, came into the tournament facing huge scrutiny, not playing for Manchester United. The eyes of at least England and likely beyond watching him, waiting for him to mess up. And he had a good tournament. He played really well on the whole. And his comments uh, were really quite strong on, on England's ambitions to go all the way in this tournament. And they didn't mean that in an arrogant sense. They just felt this was their tournament to win. I better say that the rest actually were. I was going to ask you about the others yeah. coming through as well, that it's not just those three players that come through. We do see every sing pretty much every single England player's face as they trudge through the winding route that is this mix zone. Yeah, there was no tears like you saw with... Brazil, for example, Richarlison, when I spoke to him in the mix zone after their unbelievable defeat, really, to Croatia, um, he was crying. And there, there was none of that. There was a lot of England players under their hoods, a lot of England players who just looked um, in shock, still coming to terms with it all. Um, some who you politely ask for a, a quick word and, and they don't even respond. And I don't take that personally. I just think they don't really want to be faced with a load of cameras. But actually, the final two players that passed you and I were Jude Bellingham and Phil Foden. 
and they actually looked reasonably philosophical and upbeat and that sort of says to you that England have a lot of young players and a pretty bright future this will be a crushing night a lot of them will be disconsolate but that will pass and England will hope that finally they can sort of break this duck in major tournaments and also beating top teams in form which they've not managed to do really under Gareth Southgate so yeah hope springs eternal thank you very much David I'm going to make my way through now to the French side of the uh, mix zone where we'll be able to find our colleague Charlotte Harper who has been embedding herself in with the French journalists and Charlotte it's been quite a different tone of mix zone for you can you give us a little bit of a, a little insider how have been how the French players been coming through well um, mix zone's always a strange place and I saw the English players uh, passing through not looking very happy and the French players with smiles on their faces um, Adrien Rabiot didn't think uh, Kane's penalty was a penalty. He said it was injuste, not fair, but it was la justice that uh, Harry Kane missed his penalty. So that was quite a uh, spicy quote from him. Quite poetic as well. Yes. Justice. Injustice. Uh, Hugo Lloris, uh, Harry Kane's um, teammate at Tottenham Hotspur, was uh, more sympathetic. Um, he said, you know, it's a really tough moment for Harry. Knows him very well. Um, but he took the responsibility, stepped up, and, and he said he'll share this kind of moment of pain with him. Fortunately for France, he missed, but um, he didn't speak to Harry after the game, but it was much more um, empathetic attitude. But generally, you know, not ecstatic. They're, they're quite measured, the French. One game at a time. They know that Morocco will be um, really tough and they've got this... I'm, I'm stumbling here because Olivier Giroud is behind us. I'll get an injury. Um, he's just uh, speaking to one group and then he'll come to the next journalist. Um, but they know that Morocco will be really tough. I asked whether, you know, France are the favourites. Everyone's going to want them uh, to lose, basically. And they said, nah, you know... They're confident in themselves. They appreciated the French support. But it'll be a great atmosphere. I'm going to go and catch Olivier Giroud. Griezmann's delivery. Giroud is there again. He doesn't miss this time. Amazing feeling when I score this goal. Different than uh, the previous one when I beat the record of Titier. This one means a lot for me. Uh, yeah, I don't like to talk about myself because I think tonight is a team uh, team win. It's uh, amazing teamwork and uh, we believe that till the end that we could win this game. Obviously there is a bit of luck because uh, Harry, uh, Harry Kane missed a second penalty but it's not easy to score two penalties in the same uh, game, especially quarter-final of a World Cup. So yeah, I feel, uh, feel a bit sorry for them because they play a, a good game but at the end of the day um, we deserve. We deserved also uh, because we believe till the end we uh, kept uh, fighting and uh, with a strong mental uh, strength like team spirit, amazing defensively. We uh, we've done a great job uh, and yeah, uh, God God uh, decided uh, that uh, that France uh, had to win this game at the end. Uh, we uh, 
we made the difference and uh, uh, I'm very proud of this team. So there you go. France will be back here at the Albite Stadium for their World Cup semi-final against Morocco on Wednesday. Meanwhile, and I'm stood just a couple of yards away from the England team coach, the players are starting to board. I've just seen Bakayo Saka, Harry Maguire, Jordan Pickford, Trent Alexander-Arnold just board the coach, all cutting very disconsolate figures, very disappointed, and now having to just prepare themselves to get back to the bread and butter. We will see what happens with Gareth Southgate and we will follow the story, of course, on The Athletic. If you want to subscribe, head to theathletic.com forward slash football pod, where our latest offer is just £2 or $2 a month for 12 months subscription. We'll see you tomorrow on the next episode of The Athletic Football Podcast, direct here from Qatar. Take care. The Athletic.